Welcome to Devil's Advocate, everybody. This week's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, which is why it's America's number one meal kit. We do need affordable meals. Um, I tried it this week. I did the Tuscan chickpea kale and tomato soup, took one pan, which is all that fits in my cupboards because I live in New York City and uh, had myself just a fantastic, classy meal that was made for me by my husband. Um, We all know I don't cook, but it's easy to cook and he'll tell you that. And I'll tell you that watching him, I wasn't that impressed because it seemed very easy to make, but it was delicious and it tasted like it was tough. Tasted like uh, like a professional meal. Okay, so try HelloFresh. Uh, go to HelloFresh.com slash Advocate12 and use code at Advocate12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. That's 12 free meals, you guys. That's HelloFresh.com slash Advocate12 and use code Advocate12 for 12 free meals and free shipping. Okay, uh, let's jump into this episode. I want to thank you guys for listening Uh, every week. I want to thank all of you who have left a review on iTunes. God bless you. You are my children and God's children. And uh, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to do that. If you have a second this week, head over to iTunes, leave a review for Devil's Advocate. Let us know what you like about the show. And um, without further ado, I can't wait to bring on my guest. She is a good friend of mine. She's a hilarious comic. She has an album out right now called Son of a Barb, and it is available wherever you get your albums, Spotify, iTunes, you know, wherever. And um, it's a, it was a, her debut album. It hit number one on the iTunes charts, and uh, it can be streamed wherever, Spotify, Pandora. Um, yeah, and uh, she's just a fucking hilarious comic, a an incredible person, and I can't wait to get into her get into it with her this week. Um, I swear to God, I won't be stuttering the entire episode. Casey Balsham, everybody. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Oh, I had to put in my tooth. You had to what? Put in my tooth. Oh, you're missing a tooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a lovely surprise. I thought you knew about the tooth. I didn't know about the tooth. No. Yeah. This was the bad, um, the bad root canal. Part of the reason why me and Robbie got married in August was because I was jumping on his health insurance. (laughs) (laughs) We got to get married. I'm if we don't get married, there's no chance for this tooth. I was like, who's going to lock this up, man. (laughs) Let me go get my tooth. Hold on. (laughs) So happy to have this classy bitch on the podcast. I mean, I really, there's no classier way to enter a room than let me go grab my tooth. I know. <laughs> let me go grab my tooth real quick. All right. Let me make you sure you don't hear me whistle, whistle when I say my S's. <laughs> yeah. Because I had to go in and get the, 
so I have to get an implant. So I have to go get my post put in mm-hmm. and it like changed the gap. So yeah, now my, my, my flipper definitely like, it's a little Your flipper. Up. It's called the flipper. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I, it's, there's nothing. I really, the sound of you running your tongue over your flipper. Ew. I mean, <laughs> that was what really a beautiful kind of get pops. real close to the mic. Let's hear that one more time. A little like yeah. more. Okay. Um, also, uh, yeah, for, it's been fun during the quarantine because for Zoom shows, it's like my closer. I like take it out. Really? If I feel comfortable with the crowd. I love <laughs> if they've earned it. I'm like Zoom closer. I take Mountain for my, Dew? <laughs> for my big Zoom closer. I take out my tooth, you know, and sometimes I'll stage. pop in my fake eye. Mm, yeah. Every so often. That's great. I love it. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I love that you asked. It's so, it was so classy of you to ask if there was any way for you to prep for today. I, I think that's like, A, it felt like you were just giving me a lot more credit than I deserve yeah. to, to say, hey, do you, how do I prepare for this podcast? Because I, I was asking myself that same question as I do every week. How do yeah. I prepare for my own podcast? And I but don't. Also- is really the answer. It, right. And I asked it also with like not even enough time to prep, even if I needed to like five minutes to I'm like, do you need anything from me? Like, is there anything I can do? <laughs> you're like, the, you're like the guy that helps with the move by like holding one uh, couch cover, you know? Yeah. Like you, yeah. you grab a pillow and you're like, yeah. how do I how can I contribute here? And you're like, we're we're done. Actually, I'm the guy that tapes the boxes. Right. Right. Um, I'm like, I'll tape it. No, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. I can't believe you haven't been on here already, which I think that was the main reason why I hadn't asked is I just assumed that I'd already had you. No, here we are. It's okay. Yeah. Thanks for telling me that because I was feeling guilty. (laughs) I wanted to, you know, I'd rather do the podcast when it's a little more established anyway, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to waste your time with the... (laughs) You don't want to waste your time. Wait until I got a couple more TV credits under my belt and a listenership built up, you know? I don't want to do it first. Ugh. You know what's so funny is I really, unless it's a good friend of mine, I do have that um, perspective on podcasts. Like when people ask me to do theirs and I'm like, I really want to be like, you have to tell me how many listeners you have before I'm going to say yes. <laughs> it's just I love shitty. it if I had you as my first guest. Yeah, which is like, but you're also on Dear Media, which it's like, you guys have a dedicated fan base over there. And your podcast is interesting. We're talking about yeah. two, true crime. We're trying to actually Thank solve you. it. Um, perfect, perfect transition stories. for a plug. Let the people know about about your podcast. Oh, thanks so much. Listen, it's called Shady Shit with me, Casey Balsham. It comes out every Friday. Um, We talk about everything from murder to why Aaron Carter looks the way that he looks now. Um, Mm -hmm. Disneyland gangs, cults, like anything that's weird. It's been fun. And I love I love the concept of it. And I also just love that you have a very curious disposition. Like you have you're curious about other people, which as much as. I'm like that's, a toddler and a cat. Yes. Yes. Wrapped up in a lady. And uh, and mm-hmm. I think that that 
I don't think there's a lot of people that are curious about anyone else anymore. Like, I feel like that's a unique quality. People are very self-centered. They don't give a shit about other people. We think we know everything. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I'm i I'm still a learner, but here's the thing. Like I do research for these things and like, I like to learn it and then I immediately lose it. Like I can't retain anything, but like mm-hmm. for like, if you get me a solid, like two hours after I've done research, boy, boy, will I tell you all the things about it. And then if you talk to right. me the next day, I'll be like, I have no, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You'll be like, hold you on. Know? Let me get my, let me put my tooth in and <laughs> see if I can remember. <laughs> the tooth That's is a chip hold that holds information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, beep, boop, pop, pop, pop. <laughs> tooth in place. <laughs> I wanted Ask to get me anything. <laughs> I wanted to get you on the podcast, though, because um, honestly, you posted a thing about, I don't know, what was it, mm-hmm. two weeks ago now? You posted a thing about um, your journey with uh, infertility. And and fertility treatments and all of it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so funny because you say infertility and people almost think of it as like a dirty word. And it's just so crazy. And I've talked on this podcast about my miscarriage. And um, I don't know if I've mentioned before on this podcast, but it, it was my second miscarriage of the year. Mm-hmm. So even in the last six months, I've uh, I've been pregnant six months. I don't know how long. Um I guess it would be, we're going on nine months, okay? I could have had at least one of those babies at mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, two miscarriages later, I'm, I'm exhausted and I'm tired of trying. And you have been trying, in, as you said in your post, for three years. Yeah, about years. three and a half years. Yeah. Yeah, it was Halloween. The first night we tried, which is, it's just so funny because when you first start trying, you have no idea what's going to happen. Like, I think I've told you before, like, truly, I was drunk. I was dressed like Cruella DeVille. I hadn't I even remember. Like, taken the half. <laughs> I had half my hair it was sprayed in white. I had red lipstick all over my face. And, you know, Robbie came in me and I went to sleep being like, I'm a mom. <laughs> you know, like, here we go. <laughs> my life is going to like, I wanted to take a pregnancy <clears throat> test the next morning. Like, I know scientifically that's not how it works, but I was like Googling, like, how soon? Like, I would have gotten yeah. to like a 24 hour CVS the minute the cum was in me to be like, surely yep. they can tell. Surely. Sure. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm in my 30s. I know better. But you just think, you just think that once you make the decision that your body is going to be on board. And it's just, it's not. It is like a rough road if you, it really just has to be the magical, the, like the timing of things and everybody's body just has to be work with each other. It's just such a wild yeah. process. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's one of those things where I think, um, everybody has like a different journey with it, but there's so many, the only ones that we really hear about because nobody talks about infertility or the process of it is that the only ones we hear about are the ones where it's like, Oop, we're pregnant. And you know, like they don't announce it until they're halfway done. So you're like, you don't hear about the shitty first trimester, which is, um, awful. Mm-hmm. You don't hear about, the process of actually getting pregnant. You don't hear about, um, and then, and then you don't like, it's, there's this massive group of women who are trying to get pregnant and, and our story, our, our experience is just like not part of the dialogue. It's all about like who, 
is pregnant. And then, and then you're like, people come up and they're like, why don't you guys have kids? And it's like, you just want to like throat punch these motherfuckers because I know you're like, no, we're trying, but yeah, you don't understand how fucking, um, <laughs> I loved what you said when you posted, you were like, all I want is to keep a human alive with my tits. That's, That's all it. I, is that so much to fucking ask Give for? me the power of food in my breast. Give me the yeah. power to be like, <laughs> I am the only one that can keep this thing alive. I need that power. Do you understand? Like, mm-hmm. like I'm, I, I've been irresponsible for too long. I've done too many things. And I, I, I truly, I want to, I want to like hold that over people's head to be like, yeah, well, I'm keeping something alive right now. So like, what do you, what are you doing? Yeah. I, I want, want the that. power to be like, if my family pisses me off, just to be like, you're never going to see your niece, nephew, grandson, grandchild. <laughs> I, I just want that. Want I want that bargaining tool. chip. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. No, it is. It's such a wild thing because you're right. It's like people either are just like pregnant and they're like, well, whatever. And, and they, and they talk to you and, and people just, it's like, listen, if you don't know somebody's story, I really and I know that it's just like a natural part, but like, stop asking people, why did you wait so long? Or why, when are you going to have it? Like, I know it's a natural thing, but like, you just don't fucking know. And, and it's so triggering to hear people be like, why are you waiting so long? It's like, I'm not, I'm yeah, like literally just spending a ton of money to shoot myself with needles to try and have it. But thanks for rubbing it in. And I, and I know that people don't mean anything, but I just think that it can't, you cannot, it, it's impossible not to feel that way when you've been experiencing the um, the frustration and the heartache and the hope followed by disappointment over and over and over again, it's impossible not to feel that way because you go, what the fuck? I, like, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I'm doing everything, all the things that yeah, you say still- I have to do. But it's still everything makes you feel like you're doing it wrong. You read one article and they're like, drink this tea. And you read another article and it's like, you better stay the fuck away from that tea. You you read one article that's like, keep your belly warm. And another one's like, don't you dare get in a fucking bath. I swear to God, you're going to kill every egg you have. And it's just like everything that they tell you is contradictory. And then if you go, like, if you go do Eastern medicine versus Western medicine, like I'm going to acupuncture right now. And she's like, you need to do this, that, and that. And then I talked to my doctor and he's like, don't, don't do that. So it's also Mm -hmm. like, there's a balance of like what makes sense in your own head, but like everything, truly every part of it makes you feel like you're fucking failing. Every single part of it makes you feel like, oh, like, oh, you, oh, you can't stick to only eating broth and Brazil nuts for six months. Right. Guess you don't want a baby that bad. Oh, 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 you want want to do fast food? (laughs) Oh, are you, are you like, do you need to like, like sad eat? McDonald's. Uh, oh, you're going to eat processed food right now. Well, you just killed your child, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Good luck trying to grow more eggs. It's just every part of it. Like, even like, I think I was telling you the word miscarriage makes it feel like we did something wrong. Like, Oh, I miscarried it. It's like, it reminds me of when Brittany was like, holding right. It her puts baby. the of you of the, yeah. of, like you, like you miscarried. You miscarried yeah. it. Like you, yeah. like you, yeah. Or Britney Spears and you're holding your baby and you're wearing platform, uh, flip-flops and you, you know, you, you fell yeah. and you're like, Oh, I almost miscarried it. Like, it just, it makes you feel like you did something wrong. And I just fucking, I hate all of the verbiage around it. I hate, you know what? You In a the- warrior and they tell you to find a tribe. It's just, Oh like, my God. Yeah. Fuck, fuck off. off. Man. Like, that's I also I really, like. I, I like think a fucking warrior. <laughs> I also think that it's a great practice 
um, the, just the whole constantly feeling like you're doing it wrong. I think it is great practice for motherhood. I, it, that 100%. is the, <laughs> because <laughs> because I look at people who have babies and how how the world treats them. And I go, oh, <laughs> I'm kind of a mom already in the sense yeah. that I'm just constantly being shamed. <laughs> like, like I already feel the like only a difference failure. is I'm not carrying a child. But like, like it does make you feel like a child, like a failure the second that you try for motherhood. And I I'm taking a break at the moment because yeah. I was getting um, so into the um, here's here's one thing that I did this this month that just absolutely shocked me is that I I was like, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to try. I don't feel like trying. And then the second that my fucking little bracelet, my little Ava bracelet was like, hey, you're ovulating. I was like, literally, I ran up to Andy and I was like, we have to have sex tonight. And it was like, like, we have to make a bank deposit, you know, and before the bank closes, (laughs) before the bank closes. Yeah. So he it's like he comes in. We need to get the money in. (laughs) And then all I did from the moment that it happened, all I did was worry about, oh, my God, I hope I'm not pregnant. I hope I'm not pregnant. I hope I'm not pregnant. And it was like, whoa, what the fuck? You know, my emotions around this are very fucking complicated, clearly. Yeah, because I can't. Of course, it's like I, I don't want a baby right now. I really don't because the feeling of um of actually having gotten pregnant twice yeah. and and the hope and the oh my god this is so exciting and then to have that taken twice away from me is like now if I if I were to see a positive pregnancy test the feeling the overwhelming feeling would be fuck. You know what I mean? Because it's like you <laughs> You can't you can't not be aware of like those two losses back to back are just like, okay, well, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. At a certain point, you have to protect yourself. It's like, I mean, there is some you definitely, you know, especially people are like, stay positive. Don't even think about it. And it's like, listen, bitch, it's really hard to do that when you know what it feels like when it's not working out. It's really hard to fucking pick your shit back up and say, I can do this all over again, especially with you. Like they've been so close together that, that it's like, you're barely, you're not even healed by the second time that it happened, you know? Yeah. And And then to think of doing that again, like that's just like the way that I talked to my therapist explained it. Cause you know, I did four IUIs, four failed IUIs, which is basically, you know, when they take the sperm and they skip the cervix and they just put the sperm right next to the egg, like hoping that it'll like, just get it. That didn't work. But for four months you go through this waiting process and you're like, am I, am I, am I, am I? And every time it's not, you have to be like, okay, well, all right. But it's loss every time. And, and to yeah. think of if any of those actually had gotten pregnant and, and to lose them, it's because even just n- having it not work felt like I was losing something and it was traumatic. So to actually have your body like adjust to these things, like, of course it's a fucking, like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's hard. Yeah. And, and we're not like, I'm not that strong. Like I, I know that, you know, people always like, you're going through this. You're so strong. I'm like, I'm really not like, I break down a fucking lot. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm really sad. I pick fights with Robbie. Like I, I really am. Don't feel like I've been that strong through this process. I feel like I've been very 
very weak. Like I feel like I haven't really dealt with it the best. Like I, I was, I've gone through like depressions and I've gone through phases where I've just acted like nothing was happening, which is also really not healthy. And, and, you know, now I find myself somewhere in the middle of, of blacking it out and feeling hopeful and just kind of like also wondering, like, you know, back to the, the guilt thing and, and the, um, and all of that, like wondering if I do get pregnant, like how often I'm allowed to tell the kid how much it costs, you know, like I'm wondering how, how, yeah. how often yeah. can I shame the kid to be like, you better love me because I worked <laughs> really hard for you. Like how, yeah. how many times am I allowed to be like, Oh, you're crying. Are those tears $10,000 a piece? Shut up. Um, you know, guess like, what? By the time mom. you're 12, you need to have recouped all my money. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? You're not allowed yeah. to be a, a box office failure. All right. No, 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 this no. This is, you, we need the fucking. <laughs> I'm going to pick the sport that the, I, like, I am going to dictate this kid's life. I'm like, if you're not famous and successful, like we're going to have issues. You know? I literally said to, <laughs> I remember going into my fucking um, dermatologist to go get Botox. And mm. I was like, Hey, so I just, just found out that I'm pregnant. Okay. It's like, we're like four weeks. So I was like, so I can probably just get like a little bit in there right before like anything. It's, it's not really going to do anything. And he was like, I'm not giving you Botox while you're pregnant. And I was like, well, I, I stood up. I got off the fucking table and I was like, all right, well, you know what? I just all I can say is this fucking kid better be a fucking NBA player because mm -hmm. and it was like and that was just because I couldn't get Botox. <laughs> So I like, know. No, I will. I, I can't will, imagine I will seriously chance CTE if I had a quarterback. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you give me a couple good years and then you do what you want with your crazy brain. OK, but give <laughs> yeah. me a couple good years with a couple million dollars. I will risk it. I will risk it as long as you as long as you can. You get to twenty seven. Get a yeah. couple Super Bowls under your, you know, get a couple couple good years with the NFL and then, mm -hmm. you know, lose your shit. I don't care, but give me a Go couple ahead. good years of success. Go as nuts as you want. Go as yeah. crazy as you fucking want, but make me my head. fucking money back because yeah. I have There's gone interest. fucking broke. <laughs> yeah. Like I have a tally of exactly how much money the drugs cost. So like every year that you're alive, I'm adding a couple hundred to it. So yeah. like you're going to start getting bills like the minute you're 18. Here's let me ask you this. This is so I'm going in for my first fertility like consultation, right? Okay. Where it's like cuz it's the first time that I so after if you are um if you've had like two miscarriages, mm -hmm. you I think they say 3 in a row is like infertile, Something's right? Going on. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And there's some kind of abnormality there's some sort of thing that's happening. To, yeah. So now I sent uh, what's called the pregnancy tissue, which is after you have a miscarriage, you um, I had what's called a missed miscarriage. Right. So my body didn't know that I wasn't pregnant anymore. Right. So, so I was it was just going on the way that it normally would. I was get my tits were the size of two watermelons. I actually looked like I had three pregnancies. OK, I just looked like I had. <laughs> I was, it was the most insane You're I've ever looked. You're the first person to carry baby, my baby tits, in your breast. My tits were, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. I was literally, I remember taking my clothes off in my bedroom at one point and Andy laughing at my body. Okay. That was, the, <laughs> yeah. 
he looked at me and he goes, look at your stupid body. <laughs> <laughs> and coming from men whose bodies are so stupid looking, it's a lot. So dumb. I mean, so dumb. I'm like, you, you don't even have an ass. Your legs just sort of come together at the right. top. There's no, there's just a line of, and I don't know where, I don't know what's happening behind you. Yeah. It, <laughs> I have no so, idea. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. Like the, a white man's backside is the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. It looks like, like Gumby. It, okay. <laughs> it, it's, it's white. It's pasty white Gumby. Truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks like, um, like a exoskeleton. Like it's like a jellyfish. Like, you know, when they show like an x-ray on a jellyfish. Yeah. Where it just yeah. looks like nothing. And then some squiggles. That's what it looks like. Yeah. A hundred percent. So I don't, Gross. but he looked at my body. This was coming from him. And he was like, (laughs) what's going on with your dumb body? (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. It's out of control. It doesn't know either. Yeah. So, but anyway, I said, I don't know where I, I, the point is I'm going in for a fucking consultation. Okay. And, and I don't know if you remember going in for the first time, to to do this but it feels like here's here's where my expectations are my expectations are this is going to fix everything right now i i know that that's not necessarily the case i could be getting some answers that i really don't want and Mm -hmm. and i'm trying to sort of balance that and balance the idea of like okay keep your expectations at a at a realistic place because you do think well these are doctors and they're going to fix it And there's a lot when it comes to fertility that they still don't fucking understand. It feels like. No. And there's a lot of like, you really have to trust your doctor. And because yeah, truly this whole process is about managing expectations. And it's really hard because you're trying to manage expectations while you're also like pumped full of hormones and like Mm -hmm. feeling like, like loss and trauma, but you really like, and then it gets overwhelming trying to find a doctor because there's so many different things. And, and everybody that writes shit on the internet is so dramatic. Like you never really hear just a regular account. It's always Mm -hmm. like, Oh, this is my savior. And he gave me two twins or like somebody that's just like, I waited seven minutes in the waiting room. Um, the pen was black, not blue. And I love blue. Like, and then, and they're nitpicking every little thing. And, oh, and then the doctor came in and his breath smelled bad. Like, it's just like you, it just, there's, it's either one extreme of somebody just like absolutely tearing the doctor apart or like, and there's not nobody that's just like, he was a good doctor. Like I trusted him or anything like that. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's so overwhelming because there's so much, people are just so one way or the other that like to find and there's so many emotions really involved. Trust. Yeah. And to find somebody that you trust, that's also like on your insurance. Like I remember, like I have shitty insurance. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to get a good doctor. And then I just found this like old Jewish man who, you know, didn't believe in coronavirus. So he was just taking me during, <laughs> during and, and, and listen, and I did, but I loved that he, cause they stopped a bunch of cycles during the, during the beginning of the pandemic. And I was like the only person on the train, like this was like March. Yeah. I'm still going in to do fertility treatments. There was nobody in the city. It was yeah. a ghost town. I was terrified. And then I was also dealing with the fact that I didn't get pregnant for the first four months of the pandemic when everything was still scary. And I was just like wearing gloves and wiping down my groceries and then just experiencing fucking loss. It's yeah. It's just, it's so overwhelming because once you yeah. go in to get the fertility assessment and then it's like, if you do have to go through IVF, there's just like so many 
again, it's just women with, there's just so many different clinics and so many people chatting about it. And there's like a whole different verbiage of people are like TTC, BFN. Like there's a whole fucking lingo. Oh yeah. Like, this is too much. Like I just want TTC to means gonna, trying to conceive, trying to conceive and, and BFN then means big fat, no big fat and negative like B, B means like big, beautiful baby or something. Like I don't, there's just, it's like all, yeah. It's just, it's, it's like so a whole much. world of, um, the pregnancy forums and like the trying they're to conceive scary. forums are yes. terrifying and they're probably yeah. the worst idea you could have to go on those fucking things because, but, but every woman like does it place for info. It's fucking, yeah. it's such a, it's such a nightmare that like, I literally, my doctor said, go to this guy. And I, and I stopped looking for things because there's also like, I know that these ones that probably have that are like super well-known, like there's Will Cornell and there's all these other ones. But I've also heard that like you go in and it's a waiting room full of 200 sad women. Mm -hmm. And like, that also seems like it's, gonna be emotionally like it's gonna affect me so like i went hold on to hold on two clinic. seconds i'm gonna pause yeah. this for two seconds because i yeah. have to put charlie in his room hold on okay so you're saying yeah that those those like you you basically have all of these different choices and and there's too many choices and then at and the same time a lack of options it's a weird yeah. thing because you people are too opinionated. They're just, they're too opinionated. Like, I just feel like none of the reviews that you read are honest because they're either like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I feel it was just so overwhelming that every time I looked on the internet, I was like, I'm never going to fucking figure this out. I'm never going to find the doctor. I'm never, I'm, I don't know where to go. Like, it, and then I just shut down, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I felt like that was part of the problem in my pregnancy was just establishing care, like having some kind of like every doctor that I went to was like, Oh, you know what? We're actually not our, our building is covered by your insurance, but uh, this doctor isn't. So I would just be, I would see a midwife or I would see an OBG an OB and then nothing was like each time I'd have one, one meeting with them and then uh, they were like, oh, we're not covered, actually. So I would have to go find a, a new one. And it was yeah. like, and for somebody that already has like what's considered a high-risk pregnancy, mm -hmm. I was freaking the fuck out at every yeah. every sonogram. I was freaking the fuck out. And then they would be like, oh, come back in 12 weeks. I'm like, no, 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 no. I need sonograms every like two weeks. I need like, yeah. you know what I mean? And um, and that was just a that was just after one loss. So it is kind of like, and the worst part is every time you g get pregnant, you go in and they go, um, how many pregnancies have you had? Yeah. And do you have any children? And so you keep, you, the number keeps going to, up. Yeah. You and you're like, oh your my fucking God. Every time. Yeah. You have to go through it every time. I know. And they're, they've just been doing it so long that there's, that there's also like not a lot of empathy in because. There's no empathy. So they literally- things. They literally, I have a, they, they'll send you home with like a picture of your uterus and it, at the top, it'll say like Baker dash vag bleed. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, yeah. you're like, okay, this is so you're sending me home with my empty uterus and yeah. my name is vag bleed on like, your, why, even, why do I need a picture of this? Like who, who's like, give me the picture. <laughs> Are you going to yeah. empty that? You're going to empty my uterus? I'd like to see. Let's I'd just like check. To I want to see the empty apartment. Yeah. yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh 
pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Advocate12 and use code Advocate12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Advocate12 and use code Advocate12 for 12 free meals and free shipping. It's, um, but here's the thing. I want to, I'm curious, like when you keep going, like what gets you to keep going? Because for me, there is this, Okay. So I just recently, I was talking to my therapist about this and he was like, look, there was a lot of like self-blame happening where I was like, this is my fault. I, I'm a fucking, you know, I vaped for six years just constantly about everything you've, you've done. I'm like, oh my God, I went to Vegas a lot in my twenties. Like there was a lot of cocaine (laughs) in the parliament. Like I did a lot of parliament cocaine. I've, I've, I've made out with questionable people. Like I've wrecked, I've done a lot of wreckage. Like I eat a lot of American cheese. Like there's just gotta be a lot of things that have affected my guts, which is probably why my eggs are like, you know, not great. And here's the thing. My, my therapist was like, you know, and I said to him, I was like, it's just after going through all of this, it starts to feel like the projects that I'm doing in my regular life they yeah. start to feel less and less important to me. They start to feel less and less important in the long run. You know, like my uh, doing my special, doing my all of it felt almost self-centered and self-serving. And and I started judging everything that I was doing and as like meaningless. And he he literally my therapist goes, how fucking Downton Abbey are you? He's like. <laughs> What do you think? Oh, Jesus isn't going to be proud of your special because you didn't make a baby out of it. He was like, what do you like? What? Who is talking right now? And I and he was right, because none of that is my that's not my thinking process. That's that's something outside of me. That isn't that's like society's voice speaking in my voice in my own head. So I'm mistaking it as my own thoughts. But like the truth is. There's generativity in terms of um, just creative production can happen in so many different ways. And a baby is the only is only one of the ways that I could be creative and and generate something for for in terms of generativity is like leaving something behind. For people. Okay, good. Because I, when you said it the first time, I was like, when am, when am I going to ask her what that means? Right, right, right. So it's like leaving something. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> leaving something for others to enjoy or to to yeah, contribute. Yeah. It's your, your it's your contribution, you know. And having a baby is only one way to do it. Now, yeah. that's not to say that you can't have a baby and also create um, something else, you know, artistically or creatively or whatever. Well, they fulfill um, different things. There's different, like there's different no, needs you have, not, you know, not really. Like, I think that, I mean, I've, I've, so every time I've gotten pregnant, it feels a lot like uh, when I'm, when I'm creating a joke or I'm creating a, um, a bit that I'm really excited about, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, I can't yeah. wait for people to see this. I can't wait to, like watch this happen. And, and it's the same excitement, you know, and like, yes, it is 
one. I can't even say that it's that different in terms of like taking care of something and the way that I think about something. When I found out I was pregnant, the first thing I thought was, what, how, what am I going to, what's it going to do to my comedy? What's it going to do to it? And so I think of my comedy in a lot of the same way that someone thinks about their child. Um, and I'm sure there's parents that are going to listen to this and be like, shut the fuck up, you dumb bitch. <laughs> but I'm talking more. Um, this isn't literally, you know what I mean? I'm talking more on like a spiritual energetic yeah. level that like, where it's like, what, what does this give to me? Well, like you're saying that it's all creation. It's mm -hmm. all like, you know, baby is creation. Art is creation. All of it. Like I get that part, but I also think that like in the long run, they will fulfill different things because your body will physically grow and you're going to actually have a physical thing. Whereas mm -hmm. opposed to, you know, like the jokes, like, and, and, and they'll be, you'll be doing them at the same time. So it will be a different type. You know what I mean? Like you'll, your body will be physically making something, but you're also going to be creating on this other end. So they will be like parallel. Yeah. So they will be kind of fulfilling different, different, different things. But I, I get what you're saying. The root of both spiritually and in your heart are both like the beginning like creating something from the beginning sparked out of nothing amount of feelings. Yeah. I get that part, but they will be essentially growing side by side um, as yes. you go through it. And you'll also still be like creating this other set of like, you know, this, because ultimately you are going to write about what's going on in your life. It's not like you're going to get on stage with a big fucking pregnant belly and not even address it. You know, you're going to have to be so funny if I didn't thing. though. And I was like, I I'm not going to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like eight months pregnant. I'm like, oh yeah, just ignore this. I'm not keeping it. Um, I think it'd be hilarious just at the end of your set to be like, I'm Rosewood Baker. Think, oh yeah, I'm pregnant. Um, I always thought like <laughs> if I was pregnant on stage that I would say something like, oh, I'm pregnant, just in case you guys thought that I I didn't know. Like I see it. Or something yeah, like yeah, yeah, that. yeah. But I've just been wait. Like, what I'm pregnant? I know. But the hardest thing about I think the last like three and a half years for me is that I've constantly been in my head adjusting for a life being pregnant and it hasn't happened. Like I swear to God, like even the clothes I've bought in like the last two years have all been very like big and flowy as if I already have this thing that I don't have. And I think that's been, again, it's like all about managing these expectations. It's been the hardest part thinking that this next part of my life was going to start and then it didn't. So it's like, I, I almost feel like the last bit of my life has been very fake because I've been waiting for this thing to happen. And I've been waiting for this part of my life and then it hasn't. So I've been kind of stuck with like, well, how do I, all of my energy is into this one thing. And when it doesn't actually like manifest then I have to like shift it somewhere else, but I don't know because everything I'm doing is for this, you know, like but dieting you, and you're this. And, and, and like, I've, I've had to be like, well, okay, I can go to that. But if I'm pregnant, then I can't like, I've been saying that for three fucking years. And it's like, at this point, it's exhausting. I'm like, just should I, I'm just like, do I start heroin? I don't feel like it's going to happen. You know, like, <laughs> why am I, why am I not doing these things? Or why am I constantly in the back of my head? It just keeps being like, well, if I'm pregnant, then I want to do And I just realized that everything in the last three years has been dependent on if I'm pregnant. And then when it let me ask happen, you this, like, is it, yeah. is it something where, so for me, I'll be like the experience of pregnancy. I, 
and this may be because I, I experienced it just like a, a little bit of it. Yeah. But the experience of it is something that I'm like, I could skip that now. (laughs) I truly like, you mean like the actual act of being pregnant? Yeah. See, I I want it. I want to see what it feels like. And I know, Mm -hmm. I know like being older, already having a bad back. I I have a feeling it's going to wreck me. I have a feeling it's going to wreck my body that I'm going to get sick and all that stuff. But I do want to have this feeling because it's something that like we're supposed, it's like as a woman, it's, it's the thing that only we can do. Like we said, again, this like kind of like power thing. Like I want to feel what that feels like. Right. I, mean, I lay up at night sometimes just getting terrified of pushing something out of my fucking vagina. Like I, even every time I go to the gynecologist and they stick a wand in me, I'm like, like I, dude, I still, I, I literally read, I was reading, I was reading testimonial testimonials about people who had been pregnant. Yeah. And they, one woman described it as, um, it was the most terrifying thing I've ever read. She was like, it feels like being lost in the middle of an ocean with just an inner tube during a fucking tropical storm. Yeah. She's like, and it was like, and one woman was like, I just started remembering prayers from my childhood that I had completely forgotten. And that's, that's a level of fear that, I mean, I know what she's talking about. That's like the kind of shit that happens when you're in a car accident. You know what I mean? Where you're like, you go to a different place. Yeah. Well, cause you also can't eat. So like, you're just also like in pain, you're horrifying, you're rolling around. And then they give you the epidural. Cause I watched my sister. I watched her whole like labor, her, all it. Then they give you the epidural and you can't fill your legs, but then they won't let you give birth if you're numb below. But then what's the point of the epidural? She's like, I thought the epidural would just like, I wouldn't feel anything. She's like, I fucking felt everything. And then also again, because they've done this so many times that the nurses were like in between my sister pushing and like being in pain, they would just like chat and text. And then they'd be like, okay, here we go again. And it's like, dude, It's the first baby. And also there's this whole thing too, you know, when you're at the doctors that they, for some reason, they don't like trust that, you know, your own body. Like I watched them, like my sister kept being like, can you just check again? But the more they check to see where the baby is, like you risk infection and all that stuff. So she kept being like, can you just check? And they were like, unless it feels like this, it's not happening. Unless it feels. And so finally one lady came in, my sister's like, please just check. And they're like, well, does it feel like this? She's like, no, but just check. And he was like ready to come out. So it's like, they also like make you doubt yourself. And then you're also like not going crazy. Like the whole yeah, it was yeah. it was terrifying. And then I watched him come out and then there was like all the whole other part of it was just, you know, there's just it's very traumatic to see happen. Yeah. So like yeah. I do think about that part. Like I do I do get terrified of that aspect of it, but I do want to experience the thing that like only we can experience. Yeah. See, I'm like I am good. I <laughs> I'm like, you know what? It's okay if it if it's w- something only we can do, then that's great to know that I can do that. But that doesn't right. mean I have to. I could also right. climb Everest, but I'm do- I don't want to do that. Yeah, you know it's what I mean? A long hike. It's, yeah, it seems tough. I'm like, I I'm just somebody that's like, <laughs> I'm like, if there's an easy way to do it, I'll do it yeah. that way. And it's like. Truly, if I could afford a surrogate, I would fucking do a surrogate in five seconds. I would not give a shit. I would literally be on. I would I'd be on the couch looking at my surrogate like that sucks. Sorry. <laughs> Just you know like, what I mean? Should we get should we go get you a little foot rub? Yeah, yeah I'll get somebody else. I'm busy, yeah. but I could get somebody else to yeah. do it. Those you things know, look real fat. 
Yeah, they look gross. Um, no, I think there's like, uh, there's, I totally, I get it because when you are pregnant, you're like, this is incredible. I can't believe what I'm doing. I can't believe what my body's doing. Yeah. And then, uh, and so that experience becomes sort of part of the point. But yeah. like, I think so often about the, what comes after and it's a lot. And that's the I mean, part that I'm like really more interested in. I I yeah. want to see a kid like learn about the world and and sort of teach this kid what I know and 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 um I I think I want to be a dad is really what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see you more of a dad as more of a dad. I do have you'd be a I great do have dad, dad energy. <laughs> You have very dad. You wear a lot of sweatshirts and hats. Yeah. You'd be a great dad. But I also feel like my kid is going to have like two dads. I swear yeah. to God. It's like me and then Andy. Andy's, I think I can be very nurturing in the sense that like when, when thing, when shit hits the fan, I'm, I am somebody that people call to like for comfort. And I, yeah, I, don't know why that is, but, um, so I, I, I want, I want to do that, you know, but I yeah. don't, um, I think also there's part of me at this point in this whole process that is just like, fuck it. You know, there's like a part of me that has kind of shut down and is trying to like go through this experience and, and feel it as fully as I can, because the last time it happened, I just jumped right back into trying. And I was like, let's just make yeah. it happen. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's tough, you know, mm -hmm. it's, um, it's a tough thing to work, to work through. Yeah. And it's tough to, like you said, make the decision of when you think you're going to be okay enough to deal with whatever the outcome is. And I don't know if, I don't know if you ever are really either way, you know, like we're about to do our IVF transfer and I, I, it's really hard when you get this far to be like, okay, it couldn't work. And I, and I'm used to not being pregnant. Um, and it could work. And then we start this whole other chapter, you know, like it, it's very, both ways are a super emotionally, um, just, they're both going to affect you, you know, e either right. way is going to be either way is going to change your life. You know, if you, yeah. you know, for us, it's like spending all this money and we only got one embryo out of our, our egg retrieval and all this stuff. And so we have one shot, the stakes are high. And so there's the thought it's of like, like, you add money on top of that. You add money on top of everything that mm -hmm. the, pr just the pressure of like carrying a child if you add that this is one, this is your one shot. And the next time it's, that's hard. That's really hard. It's hard. Cause if it does work, then I've got my one guy in there. There's still this hurdle of the three months, making sure that they stay in there. Like the good thing about IVF and, and doing it the way we did it is that it is genetically perfect. So we know that if it wouldn't self-abort, it wouldn't miscarry due to an abnormality, which is why I think they say like 90% or some, some very high percentage of, of miscarriages happened because it was not going to be viable anyway. Like when we had our thing, like, I think I told you we had 
11 eggs, seven got pregnant, but six stopped growing. So if we would have tried to do a fresh transfer, which is basically like right when they take the eggs out of you, they impregnate and they put it back in you. If Mm -hmm. they didn't have pick that one that we had tested, I I probably, you would have miscarried. Yeah. So what, so which would have been a whole other layer. So, so knowing that the one we have is good and knowing that it's just up to my body to kind of carry it is also another level of pressure. And, but then if it does go in, then the level that we still have these three months to do it just, there's so many different layers of it. When you think about it, there's so many ways to go wrong. And then if it doesn't, then you're like, okay, I'm having a fucking baby. And then now we prep for that. It's just, I feel like there's just never a resting. Like every time you think you're over one hurdle, another fucking one comes up. Like every time you think you've, you're like, okay, I got my, my, my 11 eggs. And then they're like, yeah, but you only got one embryo. And then you only have one embryo, but your fucking lining sucks. Oh, but your, your lining's okay now. But this, like, it just, it feels like it doesn't end. And like the only, but then I hear from women, of course, like the minute all of the shit can happen in the minute you have a baby, like you like, honestly forget it all. And you know, good for you, but like when yeah. you're going through it, it just is like, if there's one thing that, that you, if, <laughs> every if there is part. one having thing baby, that not you, having baby, I'm scared of it all. Yeah. But if there's one thing that you could have known, um, before all of this started, like before the Halloween where you were like, come in me, I'm Cruella DeVille, you know, <laughs> let's make some if donations, was, baby. If there was one thing that you could have known at that point, where somebody like your future self could have gone back and told you what, what, what is it that you would have wanted to know at the very I, beginning? I wish, cause I've thought about this a lot. I just, I wish that we had taken it more seriously at the beginning. Cause you know, when we first started doing it, it was just kind of like, let's just have sex and come like, this is just, let's just do it this way. And I wish I would have had the wherewithal to start tracking ovulation earlier and to kind of after a little bit, I wish I would have, I wish we would have started testing earlier. You Mm -hmm. know, I wish we would have started that stuff earlier, but, but who knows what all that would have looked like three years ago. You know, like I, I don't even know what that situation would have been, but I I do wish that I, but you don't want to know, you know, when you first start having sex, you just kind of want to assume it's going to work the the easy way. Like, I just wanted to assume that if we had sex and, and he came in me that I was going to get pregnant. And now we know that like, it just wasn't, that was never going to happen. It was just his yeah. sperm will not swim to my eggs and my eggs are like, you know, far and few between for the good ones. Like there's mm-hmm. still some up there. Like they say, like they keep telling me I've got youthful ovaries and that I have really good mucus. I'm going to put it on my resume. <laughs> I think because every time they're like, well, look at this mucus is beautiful. And I'm like, so am I, should I put it in a vial? Should I wear it around my neck? Like, I don't know how to let people know how good my mucus is without just like saying the word mucus a ton. But I just, <laughs> like, I just, I disgusting. Just, it's so <laughs> gross and it's so part of it. But yeah, I just, I wish, I wish I would have I wish I would have kind of been a little more realistic about it from the get go. Cause yeah, cause I was already 35 or 36 when we started trying. So it was like, you already have some of the odds against you. So I should have been like, I should go and get tested, get checked out. I just had no idea it was going to be like this. Yeah. I kind of thought it would be okay. I, I thought it would be okay. But, well, yeah. You know, Robbie had never gotten anyone pregnant. I've never been pregnant. So like, I don't know, but it's so funny. Cause I'm like, 
I don't even know. I wonder if, if like younger, I, I just, I wonder if anything would have worked or if it was just always going to go this way. You know, if this was always going to be the journey for me, like, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, um, I, if there's anything that I wish I had known, it's that, um, it's waiting the 12 weeks to tell people is they, they say that for a reason, you know what I mean? Yeah. Wait 12 weeks. It's like, wait. Yeah. And, and at the same time, I don't regret telling people, but also that yeah, I was pregnant. It's another way that it's like, Hey, keep this secret just in case the bad stuff happens. It's like, no, if the bad stuff happens, I don't want to be fucking alone when it happens. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't want to go like what, like, again, it's just another thing that they say that, that, that kind of, yeah makes you feel like you're going through this by yourself. Yeah. I just don't like that. It's like 12 weeks of me just being like, uh, 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 and then, and then something, you know, God, you, you miscarry and then you don't have a support system. I don't know. I just, I think it's okay that you did the way you did because then it was like, and and it's, it's also like, it forces you to talk about it. It's like, that's why people don't talk. It's almost by telling, you know what? You're right. Because by not telling anybody, and by waiting the 12 weeks, you're really just perpetuating the whole, if you had a miscarriage, don't talk about it yeah, that, that because nobody knows. You have to go yeah. through pain by yourself, pain and loss. And it's like, no, if you're pregnant, you should have a support system for whatever happens. Yeah. I truly yeah. think that. I think that, yeah, it's just this thing of like, oh, don't tell people because of some weird old, I, I just, I don't know. I just think it's it's not healthy to not have a support system. And it also isn't healthy the the way that we, the fact that nobody knows that this fucking happens as often as it does. It's like, yeah, it's like I, I told people. And then when I told people that it, that I had lost it, it's like everyone I know was like, Oh, I've, I've also lost a pregnancy. I've lost two pregnancies. I've lost three. So much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my mom had, I think, seven. Yeah. It's a lot. Like, people, it's, it just happens. Like, but yeah, it, it, it just sucks that we're meant to keep these things secret to protect ourselves. But it's like, then I'm just dealing with this on my own. Nobody knew. And then I'm just showing up to work the next day after I just thought I know. my life was going to change and it's not. And now I'm just clocking in. Like, it, it, it it's so crazy like it. how... But here's what it definitely has taught me is that women are really, and I know that we pat ourselves on the back a lot, but we really are. We deserve it. No, I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> like there's something about it that that impresses me so much that women can um, be pregnant, lose pregnancies, go through IVF, go through mm-hmm. all this shit and still like show up for work fucking do our jobs well and then and then be there for our partners and be there for our friends and like just I'm like that is also something that only we can do because only to be called weak when we actually have a baby right yeah (laughs) or dramatic you know Mm -hmm. that's the that's the part of it that fucking pisses me off the most is it's like we are constantly being told like she's being a lot. And it's like, you know, like your sister being like, Hey, will you check? Will you check? Will you check? And it's like people being like, Oh, she's paranoid. She's, she's fucking 
She's being dramatic. She's being she's out of control. And it's even worse with women of color because it's like they just go, oh, she's being aggressive Mm -hmm. or she. And it's like the healthcare system is literally the most gaslighty fucking system. Mm And it's 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 literally rotten from its fucking core. It's it's yeah. so fucked up. But yeah. and at the same time, I'm also I'm also very grateful that it exists and that we're able to fucking get help from doctors when and we can find ways to get pregnant that don't just involve trying and waiting two weeks and then trying again and then waiting two weeks like it's it's gay men can have children. So we can have yeah. children. It that's yeah. at the at the end of the day, I just remind myself of that all the time. I'm like, I'll be like, hey, do you want a kid? You're gonna have a kid. Gay men have kids. You will have a kid. You know, like I just tell myself that all the time because it's um at the end of the day, uh there's so yeah. many ways to have a family. There really is. Like I really, I really want something that's part of me. Like I am. I I can't say that I wouldn't be heartbroken if it turns out that I biologically I don't have I wouldn't have a child biologically. Uh, I'm not opposed to, you know, being a foster parent and and moving into adoption or adopting um yeah. a child and all that stuff like it's all something that I am very open to, but I think I would absolutely need a moment to Breathe. Cover from not being able to have, I, you know, because I told you, I, I've thought about my kids since I was little. Like, I've never thought about being married. I've never thought about the wedding. I've only thought about having a kid. And so the fact that it, like, has just been such a process has just been, like, such a weird thing because yeah. I just, I I'd wanted, I had, you know, you had the ideas for your life. And I was like, I want to have five kids. I'll have three before I'm 30 and two after. And, you know, here I am. Yeah. You know, six months away from forty, being like, just get, just can I, can I have one? I just like one. Like it just never go. You know, like just can I have the just the one that I have? Can he just please survive? Yeah, so it's just yeah, it's such a it's such a fucking mental mind fuck, you know. But I love that you're creating a show off of this. That you're yeah. like creating a show based off this experience. Yeah. Cause I do think that everything, again, going back to like what's on the internet, it's just all kind of sad. It's just like women crying and taking pictures of needles. And I get that. And we need that as well. But like, yeah, also a lot. I want to laugh about it because I do hate being called a warrior. I'm like, I don't feel like that. I don't yeah. like, I, I just, I, all this talk about it is just so fucking dramatic. And it's like the one thing I would have liked to feel around all this is a little lightness and a little humor because it's so devastating. Brutal. Yeah. yeah. That I want to be like, isn't it like how ironic is it that there's so many abortion laws? It's like, I know. <laughs> it's like how many women are getting pregnant where you're fucking putting abortion laws in place? Like, really? Yeah. Like, it's not that fucking easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I used to have that joke about when Alabama was going through the abortion thing. I'm like, I guess I need to go to Alabama for a destination pregnancy. Like it's a <laughs> yeah. <bachelorette> party. Like, <laughs> like our bitches. And is there something in the water in Alabama? Get me down there. Knock me up. Let's do it. So it's just things like that of like calling out 
that kind of stuff. So I'm excited. I'm excited about doing it. I mean, I have to write it, um, which is also exciting because this is this is what I do to myself. I plan a wedding, go through IVF and decide I'm going to write a one woman show all within a span of two months. Yeah, but you know totally what? understandable. I mean, I do it's, the same thing. Yeah, I do the same thing. I got pregnant. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to record an album and then let's also shoot a special. And yeah. um, and I'll also pitch uh, three TV shows in the process. Like, why don't I do that? Yeah. So and two podcasts, you know, like it's like this whole yeah. thing of like, let me just let me just I just want to create. You know what I mean? I know and I women. We really can have it all. We can, <laughs> uh, we can do it. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you so much for doing this. I like I love I really wanted to talk some more about it because I did one episode about it was like the miscarriage episode and then yeah. moved on. And there is so much of, I mean, a lot of my life has felt like that. It's like, oh, had a miscarriage, move on. And we're, we're I told, think we're told to just do that. And it's just like, I don't want to move on. I want to know. I want to talk not. about it. Yeah. And I want to know that I want it. I want it to be acknowledged. I think that's the thing is like, just, I want to acknowledge this happened to myself, to the world, to everything. And I think that goes back to that 12 week thing. Like we said, it's like, I want to yeah. acknowledge that this is something that happened to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, Thank you so much, Casey. Uh, Do you have anything you want to plug other than your mucus? Oh, yeah, mucus plug. (laughs) 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 If I had a dime for every one of my pregnant friends that talked about their mucus plug, I'd have like a dollar or something. Um, no shady shit podcast, <laughs> shady shit podcast on dear media. Um, and I believe I'll be doing my, um, infertility show called inconceivable. Um, love it. And great I'm making, title. Thank you so much. And, uh, I'm going to make merch of shirts that just say not pregnant. So you can wear it however you want, you know, you can wear it yeah. if you want as a joke or if not. And, um, I think that is going to be happening at the end of June, I think 25th and 26th or 24th and 25th. And I'll, um, yeah, have more info on going to that show. If you want to come on your so, social medias on the social medias, which is at case B on Instagram, C A S E F A C E B. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. I mean, Love honestly, you. you were amazing. I appreciate it.